podcaster passionate about empowering youth to raise their voices and tell their stories. On Global Youth Matters, they tell their stories in their own voices on their own terms. They have faced life challenges, social, emotional, health, physical, economic, political, and more. They've gone through rough times and have come out on the other side. Get ready because they'll blow your mind. I'm going to let them talk because their voices matter on Global Youth Matters. Hi, Israel. We are so happy to have you here today on Global Youth Matters podcast. And I would love, you know, you to introduce yourself and tell tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Israel. I grew up in D.C., was born in New York. My family is Dominican, so you could say I'm Afro-Latino. I went to Shepherd University for biochemistry and I went attended Sitar Art Center primarily for piano, but you know, while I was over there I did a little bit of everything. Wow. So that sounds very interesting. Combination of arts and science, right? That's an interesting combination. So can you tell me a little bit more about, you know, what excites you? I imagine it has something to do with arts and science, but if you could let us know some more, that would be great. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, given my interest in arts and science, learning first and foremost, is what excites me. That's something that the arts and sciences lend themselves to, especially when it it comes to trying things on my own or learning things on my own. Wondering if that, did it impact any of your passions? Uh, Well, I would say that's where the passions began because when I moved to DC, my mom found out about Sitar Art Center. This was back in 2000. Two, I believe, 2002 or 2003. And, and this was like in Sitar's infancy. So she she enrolled me into Sitar for piano because well, back then what she says is that I used to be like an angry kid. <laughs> so she decided to put me to play piano to sort of relax me or at least have like a means of expressing myself. Wow. And so how has that that sort of impacted, that sitar impacted and piano impacted sort of your life, I guess? Well, that, that pretty much was my whole life for a while, at least. I was like immediately interested. I, I was immediately invested in playing piano. I didn't realize at the time just how far I'd be able to go in my playing, at least up until uh, I graduated high school and then I you know, moved on to other things. Yeah, I spent most of my time, most of my free time in my, in my childhood and adolescence, and teenage years, playing piano and practicing. Wow, you mentioned also that that's very good. It sounds like you were very, uh, it was very intense and very important to you for those for that time period. You, you mentioned that you took other classes as well as piano. So there are other passions maybe. Yeah. So I'd say second passion in the arts would be theater. So I spent a lot of time in Sitar's theater program with young playwrights theater. Uh, I also spent a lot of time in another theater outside of Sitar Arts Center. That's Gala Hispanic Theater. And I performed for them. I wrote plays for them. And actually recently, right before the, the lockdowns due to COVID, I was in a performance for Sitar. Uh, we were performing the piano lesson. 
by August Wilson. Wow. And I wonder how that that kind of led you to science. Uh, it's a wonder for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually like a whole other sort of epiphany I had back when I was 11. So yeah, I was taking like a, a general science class. I forget which grade it was. It was in like fifth grade, sixth grade. I don't know. But yeah, I was taking a general science class and they had us plant beans in in cotton, like in little plastic cups. And we watered them for a while and watched them grow and stuff. That was fun. So I decided to repeat the experiment myself at home. But instead of planting them with, with water, I'd use like soap water or soda or salt water. And eventually I abandoned it. But I came back to it a while later to like clean up to clean up the mess that I had made uh, of the plants and the, the the liquids that I kept in bottles, and I noticed that there was a growth inside one of the bottles. So I decided to see, or I wanted to see if it was poisonous. I didn't eat it or anything, but I looked it up online, uh, and I didn't really get any answers. But that that's that's the moment that, that sparked my interest in science because. I found out that there are people who study poisonous substances. These people are toxicologists. So I decided there that I'd want to go into that. So I'm very curious about that. So that's that's very interesting. So it started with something in your childhood and later on, right, it's a curiosity. So what does, can you tell me a little bit more about what a toxicologist does? A toxicologist, uh, it depends on the, the field so I want to go into clinical toxicology, which I guess you could say is the like the opposite of pharmacy, uh, where pharmacy finds how medicines and treatments help people. Toxicology finds the adverse events that occur when people are taking medicines. So they, they could be like side effects, like, for example, how they say not to take too many ibuprofen because... It can damage your liver, I believe. So toxicologists would look into things like that. Very interesting. So arts and toxicology, very interesting. So I'd like to like maybe go into a little bit of to your art and your science path. With it, did you go through any sort of challenges that you'd like to share with us? Obstacles in your path? Yeah, sure. So growing up, my family was poor. When we moved to DC, it was just me, my mother, and my three sisters. We were like barely getting settled in. We ended up moving from place to place because, well, we'd find like an apartment and it was always like a, a really crappy apartment. And then the building would get bought out. So basically we would get gentrified to another building that happened two or three times in my childhood. So that really sucked. But yeah, that was that was one challenge I had to face growing up poor. I also just didn't have the quality of life or the resources for learning that I would have liked. But thankfully, the Sitar Center made that basically a non-issue because their, their enrollment fee is so cheap, like anybody can get in. So I'm very grateful to them for that. So, wow, that... That is, I could see that could be challenging moving from place to place. It sounds to me like maybe Sitar was uh, sort of that home for you, right? That stable place? 
you're not that that's <laughs> in a way right or I, I don't know if that's the case but it sounds like a, the home and then the, maybe the, the music right yeah that's absolutely right uh it's kind of a running joke with among the alum that we basically all grew up as a tar center <laughs> <laughs> that's cute yeah it's, it's basically our second home like at one point i was just practicing so much that that my first home, like where I actually lived, was just a place where I'd like clean up at the end of the day, like clean myself up, take a shower, go to sleep. I'd get up, go to school, and then spend my day at sitar after. On um, you know, so I guess maybe you could go in, like if you met somebody like you that was young, what what would you? I know it probably sitar is part of the answer, but or, is there anything that you would advise them or some some sort of words of wisdom and how to sort of handle, you know, being, you know, economically sort of having some economic challenges and moving around to get to a place where you're thriving. It's really impressive. So I would recommend that they find a community like Sitar Center or Gala Hispanic Theater, where I used to attend as well, because those communities, they'll have people who can mentor you. They also provide a haven because that's what Sitar Center was for me for most of my life. Well, I guess even today still. And you can find people to mentor you and, and guide you along the way. Like my piano teacher, Elizabeth, she was an excellent teacher, but she also made it a point to, to be a mentor for me. She made herself very available to me outside of Sitar Center. Wow. It's so interesting to me how like finding these places of community that just really impact and change people's lives. So so it's so important, I guess, is what you're saying is basically to get out there or to find sort of resources and community in areas that that interest you or maybe at the time it was probably your mother, right? That you said. So that that's really great. Is there like any sort of experiences or sort of life lessons that you would like to share? Yeah. So sitar taught me the value of community. So uh, I tend to be more of a loner myself, but even then I realized the importance of having like-minded people or just, I guess, having people around in general doing something, working towards like a goal. So I guess in sitar's case, it would be artistic expression. So I carried that after high school into college where I joined a couple of organizations there. And one of them that I ended up being president for was an academic organization known as the Chemistry Society. And through Chemistry Society, I was able to share my passion for science with people in the school and outside of the school. And by doing that, I was able to grow the community, the, the scientific community in the school itself with like recruitment events and stuff. Like I remember one recruitment event where we had like demonstrations of some of the stuff that we were learning in our classes, such as uh, polymerization and how things can change state of matter under certain conditions. And by sharing that passion, I was able to recruit a couple of people who weren't even in the sciences. I think these two were like in economics or something. <laughs> so by doing that, I was able to continue sharing my community, which is something that I learned at Sitar. 
I think that's really uh, wonderful that you're sort of taking your experiences and then continuing them out in the world. I feel like it's so important to to find community and it's really great that you're doing that. You're finding and you're creating and you're continuing to be in touch with Sita and you're continuing community at college. That That's really great. So Israel, I was wondering, did COVID was tough for all of us? And I was wondering, did did any of your passions help you or what was the role of other sitar, your passions in that period? Okay. So yeah, COVID was tough, especially since the show that I was in got canceled because the lockdowns had begun. I think we were supposed to do nine shows and we only got to do like six. It sucked. But at that time I needed some sort of comfort. So I would listen to some of my favorite piano music. That's been a go-to throughout my life. Piano has always been, or piano music has always been there, whether I'm happy, whether I'm sad. You know, it's just something I can go to for some some comfort or familiarity. So I'd often listen to to like Chopin or Eric Satie or Debussy, but it, it really made me miss the arts. So once the COVID lockdowns were lifted, you know, I took the opportunity to go back to sitar say hi, and try to reintegrate myself in that community. This would be, doing this podcast is like another opportunity of doing that, of getting myself back into the sitar community. One thing I did want to ask you also is, you know, you had mentioned, you know, art has been a go-to. I wonder, is that something that you also, beyond sitar, is that something that you also had in your family? Was there an interest in the arts as well? Mm. Or is that mostly you? Yeah, I'd say it's mostly me. I, I think my sisters, they they took classes too, but like the arts didn't really stick to them as much as it stuck with me. Is there anything else that you'd like to touch on? Okay, so sitar was also really important in overcoming fear of like talking in front of people, which growing up I found to be very useful because you know often you'd have to like present in front of your class or participate in some kind of performance in school or with Sitar Center, they have a performance week, I think twice a year, where at the end of each semester, the students are asked to perform a piece that they learned or present some art or perform a play. And I performed in so many of those that the stage fright was just removed. I grew up basically without stage fright. And I'm very grateful to Sitar Center for that because that's proven to be useful beyond just performing. It, it's been useful in in gathering communities. It's been useful in, in drawing people in and capturing people's attention. And frankly, made you a leader, right? You're starting these different organizations. You know, you're starting a communities and organizations. That's amazing. So anything else, Israel? Okay, yeah, one more thing. Sitar Art Center also taught me the value of giving back. Sitar Art Center wouldn't be a thing if it weren't for the sheer number of volunteers that, that they recruit. So, for example, my, my piano teacher, Elizabeth, she didn't get paid for, for teaching me the piano. She just did it because she has a passion for the arts as well. And she wanted to share that with me and help me grow in, in the arts as well. So I'm very grateful to them 
for providing me with with a mentor basically for free through through their recruitment of volunteers and I want to continue to pass that on so that way people that are also in, in a tough spot like I was as a kid can have these opportunities to explore and to learn and to grow. So another important thing, right, is having a mentor, I guess, right? Satara has provided the opportunity for a mentor. So that's, I think, something else that could be very important for youth. And that's great that you want to continue that. Is there anything else that you would like to share with us? Yeah, sitar was a really great place because I, I primarily focused on piano and theater, but uh, sitar has so many classes that I couldn't just pass up the opportunity to try and explore more things. So I try painting, pottery making, collage art, digital art, dancing. I was in a percussion ensemble too for a long time. Actually, yeah, that was that was important. That's another group that that felt like community. That was really important while I was growing up. But I got to dip my toe into a little bit of everything. And although I didn't find a different form of art that I was as interested in, I'm glad that I tried them all because now I know for sure that I really enjoy piano and that this is what I want to stick with. So that's more advice for the youth. I would recommend trying as many activities or arts or, you know, just exploring your interests as much as you can. So that way you can find what you truly want to do, uh, whether it's hobby or work or side hustle, however you want to put it. I would recommend that you explore as much as you can. I think that's great advice. So community and exploring, right? Sounds like exploring and learning Yes, are your great advice. So thank you so much, Israel, for talking to us and sharing yourself with us. Thank you for having me. And here is the entire piece called Pink by Robert Starr, played by Israel.
This is the Global Youth Matters Podcast. We hope you'll subscribe or follow us at Apple Podcast or your favorite pod platform. We would really appreciate it if you leave us a positive review, especially on Apple. This helps us build an audience. Finally, we want to hear from you. You can reach us by email at globalyouthmatters at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.